With Dylan Gunther sent back to the WHL, where do the Coyotes go from here? We're going to tell you why it was the best decision for both Arizona and Gunther on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me. On today's episode of the Locked On Duties podcast, I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. we got a good show. We're gonna On today's episode, we are talking Dylan Gunther, who got sent back to the WHL over the weekend. Uh, you know, lots of talk about this, Carl. Um... People kind of going back and forth about why it was done and, you know, if there was a good decision for the Coyotes. And I'm going to tell you, it was a great decision for the Coyotes. Yeah, I, I think it was the right call by the Coyotes. Um, you know, Gunther definitely had a resurgence since coming back from the All or from the World Juniors. But he was far from the most consistent player with the Coyotes. Uh, it really seemed like, you know, getting him down to the WHL where he could play meaningful games while not burning uh, a year towards UFA status, it's it's the smart call all around. Absolutely. You know, there's so many ways you can you, you can uh, you know, tie that. And start, I, mean, I guess we can start off with the fact that he gets to play meaning, meaningful games. Because um, we talked about the Coyotes in tank mode. And that was one of the biggest questions you and I had to Dylan Gunther even going past those nine games, right? He's like, yeah, but what kind of team was this Coyotes team really going to be? Um, you know, and is it really going to be worth Gunther just staying here? And is it going to be good for his development? I think it was good for his development to stay as long as he did. But knowing what the Coyotes are going into the latter half of the season, there's no use for him staying up with Arizona. It's like, okay, you kind of did your bit. Now play those meaningful games. We have the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. Because the Seattle Thunderbirds are a really good WHL team. Yeah. Uh, I saw that Chris Peters tweeted out that they have five first-round NHL draft picks on their roster, which is just insane for a junior team. Um, yeah, I, I think he is definitely going to play like meaningful games with some high quality talent. You do worry about like a player playing down in a different league. Competition level isn't the same. Uh, I think there's a lot that Gunther is going to learn and, and continue to grow in the WHL. And, you know, he looked good in the NHL. He looked like he was like at, you know, level. If he was a year older, I could definitely see him sticking around. But I think he is also going to be looking great in a couple years. And putting him down in the WHL for like an extra half a year, that's only going to improve that. 100%. You know, and people will, 
I, I know there I know there will still be people that that will say, you know, he's too good for juniors, then why do you know why send him down? Because if he looks like he belongs in the NHL, then why send him down in a place that's you know talent isn't as good as we ju- as you just mentioned, you know, the Seattle Thunderbirds having the talent that it has. Um, you know, you can make that argument all you want, but major junior CHL hockey is so much different than the junior level hockey here in the, in the States. I'm going to say it that way, like, because, you know, a lot of people who play in the USHL, some are lucky enough to make it to the NHL and right away, like right away. Um, But most of the time they go to college. And they spend so many years in college before they finally make it. Um, these these kids in the WHL, like, they're like, yeah, they're absolutely good enough to make that jump to the NHL now. Dylan Gunther is a perfect example of that. Um, but teams have to be smart on how they project development on their players, on their prospects. Yeah. And I do think it's also important to note out that, um, or to point out that when we say Gunther was playing good in the NHL level, he was playing on like mostly the third line. Like he wasn't a top line NHL player. Uh, for comparison, Clayton Keller, his rookie season had 23 goals, 42 assists, and 82 games with the Coyotes. Um, and that was after one year in college hockey. Um, Dylan Gunther, on the other hand, uh, had his stats just right here. Sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, you know. And uh, right now, uh, thirty-three games, six goals, nine assists. So there's definitely like a big difference in kind of what Clayton Keller was doing in his second year after being drafted and what Dylan Gunther did in his second year after being drafted. And I think Gunther looked great, but I don't think he's at the level that he needs to be to be the player that we want him to be. We don't want Dylan Gunther to be a third-line grinder. Yeah, absolutely. Because you and I have said it. Gunther looks like he belongs in the NHL. But right now, he looks like a middle six versus a top six. Um, the yeah, Coyotes and Coyotes fans, and even I think the Coyotes coaching staff fully expect him to be a top six forward in this future team. I mean, I think they expect him to be a top line, like not oh, absolutely top six. top six is being uh conservative here. Um, he's absolutely saw... supposed to be like first line winger. Yeah, I saw someone point out like anytime we're talking trade talk. Uh, top six means second line. Middle six means third line. If they were top line, they would say that they were top line. Uh, and that that holds true to me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Gunther has a next level. And uh, I don't necessarily think the NHL is the right place for him to reach that next level this season. It would be great if we could send him to Tucson. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, hey, I feel like the United year, States of Canada would need to go to war over that. Half a year in Seattle, and then next year, if he's still not quite there, he can spend a few days in Tucson. Yeah, like start up, be an early call up, uh, 
we've definitely seen it before. Like, I, I don't even think he's going to need to start in Tucson just because he has mm-hmm. like the experience from this season. Like, I, I just, I am ready for him to take that next step. He is much further along in this development. Than I think either of us thought though, I think that's very important to point out. Like we oh, didn't yeah, even you expect not, like, to make the team. You and I were skeptical whether or not he was going to make the roster, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, I think I think you and I were just at, at the time we're just like maybe give it to him and just give him a test, you know, those test games and see what happens. But that's yeah. at best. I and like I'm still. I was like I still think it's best that he spends his year back in uh, Edmonton at the time because Edmonton still retained his rights. Um, and then uh, and I was like, well. Then I'm like, then I was like, okay, maybe just give him that chance. And then after the nine games, I'm like, you know what? It's a hard call, but maybe he deserves to stay. And we had to go through all that. Yeah. It's funny. I don't even think we talked about uh, Edmonton trading his rights to Seattle because it seemed like such a non-story at the time because all of the picks were conditional. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just like, hey, he's not going to go down. He's up. He's he's burned that first year of the ELC. Um, and I think that, you know, it's the right call. And good on Seattle for, like, going all in on what I'm sure is going to be, like, a deep playoff run. If not, someone's probably going to be fired. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're a Coyotes fan, pay attention to the Memorial Cup this spring. Might be fun. And make sure to unfollow the Edmonton Oil Kings and follow the Seattle Thunderbirds. Absolutely. You can also free, free follow the Winnipeg Ice, but that's for a different reason. That's for another yeah. prospect. Definitely follow the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, if not just because their name is capital I, capital C, capital E. It's just very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Anyways, though, we're in just a little bit. I'm, we're going to talk about the uh, some of the implications of this uh, this move of sending Gunther back. Uh, as well, let's take a look at uh, another future player for the Arizona Coyotes. All that just coming up in just a moment. But first, we'll take a quick word from our sponsors on the show. And then today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in the FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great to make betting on sports so fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app, app now. Bet on Super Bowl D7 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You know, I'm personally taking a look at this, uh, you know, the upcoming Super Bowl, Carl. And, you know, I think um, I'm going to put some money on the uh, on, on the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just too good. So, uh, you know, you, you can do what you want. If you are a Super Bowl, Super Bowl fan, if you are a betting fan, FanDuel is the place to go. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat-first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
So let's talk a little bit more, Carl, about the implications of the Coyotes sending back um, the Dylan Gunther to the WHL. And first, you mentioned it in the first segment. I kind of want to bring it up very quickly. Um, is the contract implications towards accruing a year's UFA status. A lot of people seemed confused what that means. Some people thought, oh, it doesn't really mean anything to the contract because he already burned his first year of his ELC. Um, there has to be a certain amount of games, Carl, that a, that a player plays in a season before it counts as a season for among games for you for to be an unrestricted free agent when that time comes. Is it going to matter in the end? Because Coyotes are going to retain his rights for how long? Um, but it's an interesting tidbit that 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 that's being put out there. All right. Uh, so let me just read from puckpedia.com, uh, a great reference. Um, anytime we are talking about contracts in the NHL, I always need to go to a reference because everything is ridiculously complicated. Absolutely. This is a group three UFA situation. As the most common type of UFA, a player becomes an unrestricted free agent if their current contract ends after either seven accrued seasons or they are 27 or older as of June 30th. An accrued season is defined as a year in which a skater is on an NHL roster for at least 40 games. Uh, and I believe he was on the roster for 39. Uh, he played in 33. I need to verify that. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I think it's important to point out that Dylan Gunther is probably never going to reach this status. He is going to get a contract to extend him, hopefully. Past that, 27, past that 27 or whatever. The Coyotes yeah. are going to hold on to him to however long they want to try to hold on to him for. Yeah, he, he definitely seems like a player destined for a long-term deal. But But yes, there are some UFA stipulations for this. Um... I am, you know, I was unaware of it. I wasn't really thinking about that most of the time when we're talking about players, because I think this is kind of the year where we're seeing the situation because we saw it with Shane Wright as well. Um, just like, hey, we're, we're starting prospects for longer earlier on. I kind of think that's cool. But yeah, uh, I was mostly thinking about the ELC slide, which is a completely different scenario. It's a completely different scenario. That means that, yeah, that first year of the ELC doesn't even go into effect. But this one is just like, okay, yeah, that first year of the ELC is taken care of. But accrued seasons towards UFA does not. Yeah. Um, and like we said, it doesn't really matter in the end because the Coyotes are going to retain that. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, look at what they did with Clayton Keller, Jacob Chikrin, Dvorak, like – um, and then most recently, since this is the only one that uh, Armstrong signed, Lawson Kraus, like signing the longer term deals in RFA status, get him locked in while they're young, uh, especially with a player like Gunther. I think he is a player who's going to pop early. Oh, 100%. And like you said, he's a, you know, he's this guy, this guy's a, you know, a, a, a ceiling top line, top line forward in his. There's no reason not to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
It, it was just kind of like one of those like implications where, like I said, nobody knows anything about contracts unless you're an agent for an NHL player or probably not even an NHL player. I'm sure they let their man or their agent and managers handle all that. Like anytime one of these weird situations happens, you're like, what's going on? And then you have to just look up a bunch of rules or uh, read or listen to anything we write uh, or say, uh, and you can learn it there. Because we're the ones uh, that that dive into the CBA and actually figure out if it what counts. Yeah, you don't want to read the NHL rule book like I have. It is very tedious, uh, and you can just follow us, and we'll 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 provide that information to you. Don't use Google; it's it's not your friend. No, oh no, absolutely not. A um, couple other things that uh, I'll bring up. Some of the implications here, Carl, um, immediately after the uh, Coyotes had uh, assigned uh, Gunther to the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, they had recalled a player from the AHL in JSD, um, which is an interesting one. A player that I don't think any of us have really talked about, um, but kind of made a little bit of noise in Tucson for a brief minute. Yeah, he's having a good season. Um, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be up long term. Um, we're going to talk about why in the next segment. But, you know, he's definitely the type of player you kind of reward with that cup of coffee. Recall him, give him a, his NHL salary for a couple of days. Uh, got to play in a game with the Coyotes uh, against the Wild, which, you know, since they won that game, maybe he'll stick around a little bit longer. You don't want to necessarily mess with that chemistry too much. But, yeah, uh, I, I, he, I don't foresee him as, like, a long-term solution just because, you know, he's a little bit older. We know where he is going to be as a player. I think it's just a good thing to reward an AHL veteran. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I think that's the, that's the thing. You know, you have to take a look at, you know – who in the Roadrunners roster kind of deserved to get at least a little bit of a shot, get a little bit of a look. Um, you know, there are, there are a decent amount you could probably to give a, a, give a look to, um, but a very short list on is like, okay, who's going to be, who's going to step into what Gunther's role was in this very short term until we figure until, until we figure things out even more. And JSD, I think, kind of fits that mold. Kind of like, okay, we're this is where this is where he's going to be, and that's one reason. And there's another reason too I can really get to on that, Carl. And that's the fact that um, probably, very likely, who could have been the case is they didn't want to call up their other guy because he was busy doing some awesome stuff in Laval. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Carcone was busy. Um, so they called up someone, strangely enough, from Laval. Uh, I think that's funny. Uh, JSD is from uh, Laval, Quebec. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that that was one of those things where I saw people ask. They were like, hey, why isn't Carcone getting the call up? It was like, I'm like, hey, why isn't Carcone getting the call up? I bet something's happening. And then it's like, oh. AHL AHL Arsenal game. Let him do that. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like let him, let him be an all star. Speaking uh, of Marconi and all star, let's talk about that in just a moment. We're gonna talk about how he did there, and uh, you know 
what some of his stuff, what some of his performance means for his future with the Coyotes in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. We've just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. I started off kind of rough, really trying to straighten that out. And one of the things that's really helping is Built Bar because it's healthy that's actually tasty. Seriously, they're very good, very delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. What I want you to do is you can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk up to the pharmacy counter, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut buffs. Or head over to Sam's Club, where you can get a 13-bar box with flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. So... Let's now move on, Carl, and talk about Michael Carcone because I think it's really important to talk about him because this guy is another, you know, future player um, for this Coyotes organization. He just finished over the weekend uh, at the AHL All-Star Classic. The NHL All-Star Weekend was uh, Friday and Saturday. The AHL All-Star Weekend was Sunday and Monday. Um, Carcone got a chance to be part of that, representing the representing the Roadrunners, and uh, doing it in some of the best ways possible. Yeah, he. Um, I definitely think he is a future piece of the Coyotes. Uh, kind of coming out of nowhere for that, but just developing really well. What you hope a player would, like him would do, having a great season with the Roadrunners, and you know already played nine games with the Coyotes. Absolutely. And, you know, I think all, all to deserve it, too, even based off how he performed in the AHL All-Star Classic, you know, we have some of his stats that he was up on there, too. Um, looking at it, he was um, in the All-Star. The skills competition is different in the AHL, Carl, because you have players who can actually participate in multiple events rather than this player is going to participate in just this event. Um, Did you see the like, AHL president, like, through shade at the NHL All-Star? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was great. Because uh, uh, the a- NHL All Star Game, uh, I think the skills competition was kind of viewed wholly as meh, uh, and the AHL president was just like, "Hey, our players pick our stuff, and they seem to really like it. It's good time." I'm like, "Oh, sly burn there." You know, I think that a lot of people were questioning the a- the NHL All Star Game and how weird the results was for um their fastest skater competition because it's like oh did we really have a real winner by the time everything was all said and done um versus the ahl all-star where yeah there's definitely a winner um yeah carconi was not the winner he actually finished second but um second's good. But hey the second's still good and second of uh 13.2 2.282 seconds, Carl. 13.282 seconds of a full lap around a regulation ice rink. Like very, very good. Very, very good. good. 
Yeah. I could not do that. Um, no. Uh, I, I, I've timed myself, and I am more than double that. <laughs> uh, I would fall down multiple times uh, because I am not good at skating. Um, but good, you know good for do, Chris, we should call. We should get. We should uh, have a a special video episode where uh, we get you to to uh, do some skating drills with us. Uh, that seems horrible for me, but sure. Um, You're gonna do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, good for Coconi. Um, like I said, he seems like he's ready to, to make the break to NHL player. Um, with Gunther gone, I think he is likely going to be called up soon. Having him be fast is very key for this team. Uh, cause I think if he can be fast, he can create offense. He can stick around. If he is the second fastest player in an NHL all-star game, like I know that's not a one-to-one analog with the NHL. Um, but it's going to show that he's going to be able to at least keep up. Oh, hundred uh, percent. And keep up with some of the NHL's fastest because that like that time, even an NHL standards is incredibly fast. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Connor McDavid can hit the 12s, but still like that's a one second difference. Like still yeah. pretty damn close. I mean, let's put it this way. Carcone would not, finish probably top five of the nhl fastest skaters but he could probably be a fair amount of those guys oh yes yeah and and that's that's all you really need to do you don't have to be like the fastest you just have to be fast enough to compete wow 100 percent. and that wasn't the only thing that carconi kind of did over the weekend with with his uh ahl all-star stats um, you know, there was his, uh, his stats as a, um, as a player in the all-star classic itself, which runs the same style, uh, tournament as the, uh, NHL does with divisions and who wins in the end. Um, but Carcone was on the winning team, the Pacific division. Yeah. Um, I think. It was it was that the Pacific Divisions? I think that could have been their first one. I can't remember the last time the Pacific Division won the AHL. I believe, I believe it's their first win, uh, according to the things you were saying before the episode started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, good for the Pacific Division this season. Uh, it seems really stacked. Uh, if they're winning the All Star, and I think you said that they won the Skills Competition overall, as or the Western Conference won the Skills overall. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Um, so solid representation there. Um, that's uh, good for Carcone. It's always good to be. Actually, they, the Western Conference did not win the skills. It was uh, they fell to the Eastern Conference sixteen to ten. All right, then I take back all of my praise of Carcone. He should have been better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm joking. Um, it yeah no it is it is good that they won the games that mattered. Uh, I will just say, I wish the AHL website was better at displaying the scores of these games because uh, it's very not good. If you the are AHL an website. AHL fan and you have followed the Roadrunners for as long as, let's say, I have, because I've been doing the Roadrunners coverage for six years before moving up here to the Valley, the AHL stats website is the absolute worst. Um, I've had to dig and dig on multiple occasions to find historic stats and other stats to get you know 
stories out. Um, luckily, for the main part, I had quite a lot of uh, media guides given to me at games and other stats that I was able to turn to. If it weren't for those, I would not be able to survive because the, the website I just I just can't use. Yeah. And like even the individual team websites, which are uniform, like the NHL sites, they're just not good. Uh, if you are the web designer for the AHL listening to this podcast, I apologize, but someone should replace you um, and just completely overhaul everything. It is very difficult to access AHL stats. Yeah. Also, just in general, AHL stats are significantly less in info than NHL stats. Yeah. Uh, there's no time on ice on there. There's no um, things some of the ones. Think of it as the only things available are like basic stats, assists, goals, um, plus minus, penalty minutes. Games played. Uh, games played. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that has been my general view of it. They're they're usually not sortable. Um, it's it's very difficult to like sort by penalty minutes for anything. Just kind of go down a list uh, that's most points at the top. You can filter out rookies though. Yeah, which I mean. That's probably that is a very useful feature for the AHL because I imagine a lot of people are going to be looking specifically at rookies to see like who is going to be making the jump next season. But I mean, I was doing that last year. I think put you maybe a little bit of you too with Matthias Michelli was 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 playing in the at the Tucson Roadrunners. Yeah, I I have definitely looked at rookies. I just wish that they put that same level of care. Into all and of everything their else, into everything yeah. else. Um, first, first that, then focus on AHL TV. Yeah, if you're listening yeah. to us, AHL people, take a, take our advice. Yeah, and if you are someone who knows how to make a website that's really good for like sorting charts, just make a better AHL stats website and give it to them or sell it to them. I'm sure they will buy it off you. Yeah, just don't overcharge them because then they won't. Because <laughs> it's the AHL. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but Michael Carcone, a uh, definitely a awesome future piece that the Coyotes can use down the road, and I'm I'm excited that he played as well as he did at the uh, in the AHL with his uh, his four assists, which we didn't mention is the most um, first among assists in the All Star Weekend. Yeah, Michael Carcone, AHL All-Star, future Coyote. Gotta love it. Anything final you want to bring up before we close things off? So I just want to say, although the AHL All-Star weekend uh, events win on every other category, uh, I do think the NHL All-Star had the best like, just look and vibe. Like I like that Miami Vice theme. Uh, otherwise, the it's... yeah. Love the jerseys. Love all the the t-shirts that I saw. Uh, Otherwise, it seems like the AHL did a much better event. And I think that's kind of sad. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a uh, colleague of mine about the NHL All-Star. A little disappointed. But that's 
something that's going to open up a rabbit hole I don't want to go down to because we're just out of, we're out of time on this episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. I hope you guys like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media or on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Instagram at LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonel. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock at interact with us ask the question you might have we might answer right back or on a future episode of the blocked on coyote podcast thank everyone for listening to today's episode hope you guys staying safe out there hope you guys staying healthy and don't forget to howl on <laughs>